Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Netflix and Swole podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I am Caleb. And I am a Witcher. I had a better joke than this uh, three days ago when I remembered it. How are you, friend? You're, you're a horrible mutant who uh, should never breed. I mean, <laughs> that works. <laughs> I'm doing good. How are you? I'm just great. Uh, to m- I'm, uh... Oh, go ahead. Uh, t- yesterday was my last day in Pittsburgh. Uh, ha- however, uh, that hasn't happened yet in real time, so... I, I don't know. Uh, so, yeah. It's the last time I'm working da- in downtown Pittsburgh for the foreseeable future. And it's just a little sad. Yeah, um, I don't know. What's the... What's the area you're moving to like? Is it, uh... Like, it's not right in the city it's more like kind of suburban or what do you what are we talking here small town uh small townish yeah it's out by the airport so that's not bad uh i don't know i grew up out in the country but like i don't know i like small town living it's fine yeah i mean it's not it's not much more different than what i'm doing right now yeah because you have everything right at your fingertips, you just don't go out and do anything. That, that is correct. <laughs> so yeah, no, not gonna miss the big city. Well, I mean, I like go- I like going there. I like yeah. going to the city. It's just I I don't do it anymore. I don't need to do it anymore. Yeah, I I make it to the city usually like two or three times a year, and that's fine. I remember stepping off the bus uh, the first time I went back, and I was just like, oh man, I'm just I'm so happy. I'm just so happy to be back here. And then some douchebag decided he didn't want to learn how to drive, so uh, I immediately hated my life. <laughs> yeah, out in the country where there's, like, no traffic, it's it's still just as bad because no one out here knows how to drive, so they just do it real slow. And then they have just mufflers that don't work. or uh, or Or they just take the muffler off, yeah. honestly. It's the bane of my fucking life. It's the bane that of my life. And, uh, that and the other day I saw somebody with a fucking jacked up fucking truck with a lift kit and like big chrome pipes on it that uh, across the top of his windshield, he had a decal that said, stand back, she's coming because it's a Cummins. Get it? The company that makes the engine is called Cummins. So it's like coming like sex. Do you get it? No. Let me tell you my least favorite thing is seeing the uh, the Punisher logo, but in the shape, like with the, the shape of the American flag embedded in it. That's, that's yeah. my favorite. 
Or I actually have seen people flying American flags at their house with just like a Punisher skull in the middle of it. Or my favorite's the one that's like the American flag on the half that attaches to the pole, but then like it's ripped in half straight down the middle, like uh, widthwise. Mm. And then like the other half of the flag is the rebel flag from that country that we defeated like 150 years ago. And, and then remerged with there our was a civil war. Uh, Eighteen sixties. Yeah. So yeah, one hundred fifty years ago, one hundred and sixty years ago, almost. This this has been bitching about Pennsylvania. Uh, <sighs> I know everyone hears a, a backwards dipshit redneck, and, and and who knows, it might not be any better from where uh, <laughs> where I'm going because uh, if I remember the correctly south well not even that but like if I remember correctly they North Carolina was very against like transgenders in the bathroom like yeah. that that was a whole thing so I, I I haven't followed that story in like three years or whatever it came out so who knows maybe it's more progressive now I doubt it but well don't you know that transgender people are just saying that they're women so that they can go and molest children in the bathroom? I mean um, that's so obvious. Why why didn't I think of that? I'm getting a surgery tomorrow. <laughs> Jesus. Uh Mary Impeachmas, everybody. It finally happened. I know. I don't want to talk about it. Let's let's talk about anything else like uh s- some news. Let's talk about some swill. Have a drink. Oh. Have a drink on me. That's that's the new segment intro. Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans. Stay away from the cans. Uh, I'm having a Negro Modelo. It is my favorite Mexican beer, and uh, it's fun to order in restaurants because the the waitresses look uncomfortable. Why? Because you said the uh, the the N word. Uh, because I said the Spanish word for black, and they, I don't know. It, it was real weird. The one day, like the one time we had everybody up at my place, and uh, we went out for Mexican, and I ordered a, a Negro Modelo, and the waitress pronounced it a little bit uh, incorrectly, and then made eye contact with Brentley. And I stifled a laugh. Brentley is our black friend, everybody. Brentley's our best friend. He's a person. He 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 was in a Mega Man video that I made, and now I thought my Mega Man playing was bad. <laughs> uh, you guys would hate to watch me play Mega Man because I'm so fucking good at it. It's no Mega Man Zero. I never played Mega Man Zero. I don't know for like, for like a solid, like two or three months. That was like all I played was Mega Man games. Why don't, why don't you just do it again? <laughs> you have time. Yeah, maybe I will. I don't know. I um, I don't really plan on going back to my job in the spring, and like, I'm kind of just done sitting around. So I think after Christmas, I'm gonna go find a new job. It's actually the perfect just whatever time. you know. A lot of people switch jobs yeah, for the new year. Yeah, because everything's going to be done. And, like, I don't know, my um, my wife just had open enrollment for her insurance for work. So, like, she put me on her insurance. So, like, I don't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. So I can kind of browse and 
and do something that I want and something that I actually enjoy doing for a little bit, which is uh fucking novel for me. <laughs> it's the news. Oh, shit, it's mail time. You know how we don't get screeners? Sure don't. Well, uh, Entertainment Weekly gets screeners, and they're serious reporters. Um, This pissed me off so bad. The critic that Entertainment Weekly assigned uh, to watch and rate and review The Witcher watched episode one, I, I think part of episode two, and then skipped to episode five, and then rated the show a zero. So I read what happened. They got about half an hour into the first episode, asked somebody else to help them with this, and then they both collectively watched the same three episodes uh, (laughs) and both gave it a zero because they're fucking dipshits. So that's right. (laughs) Two critics. Two. Watched episodes one, two, and then five. How? How? How are they employed? Like, if if I did my job that way, I would be fired. Anyone would be fired. Imagine that it was your job to watch TV and then talk about it. And then imagine being so lazy that you can't do that. I have no sympathy for these people. I just, I, I, I legitimately want them to lose their job. I'm not even joking. Like, I, I want them to be fired. Like, that's that's absurd. I mean, of course... All they did was get a shit ton of clicks because they're like, oh, "The Witcher's terrible." What? What does that mean? Who? How could they say it was terrible? So everyone reads it and they're like, "Oh, these people just didn't even try." Okay, good to know. I mean, it's just a ripoff of Game of Thrones. Come on, that's all they had to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck me! Um, it's dumb. I don't know. Pretty much all the reviews that. I've seen of it, though, have been extremely positive. It's just that, I don't know, I wanted to point this out because uh, Entertainment Weekly is a fucking joke. Yes. And, yeah, uh, I don't know. With with that kind of hard-hitting reporting, it's amazing that their business model's failing. <laughs> uh, I'm not. I'm not bitter about it. So have you have you watched Shira and the Princess of Power? No, not that at show? all. Uh, me and Vanessa watched a little bit of it. I think just kind of threw it on. Like fuck it, this this is a show that popped up in suggested shows, so we'll check it out. Um, it's pretty good, but that show's been very successful at Netflix, mm-hmm. and so they have decided to make a new uh, version adaptation, whatever. Of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Hooray! Yes. Uh, I'm saying this right now. There's no way they're going to top the Dolph Lundgren movie, <laughs> which is only tangentially about He-Man. And, like, it's about He-Man coming to Earth so that they don't have to build sets and they can just shoot in a McDonald's parking lot. That's, the movie's amazing. It sounds like Princess Warrior. <laughs> that, that there's a movie not- that no one's heard of. It sounds like every movie from the 80s. That's true. Uh, give me one second here, because I have to look that up on IMDb now what? to know the actor's name. What, Princess Warrior? Or... 
Uh, no, for Masters of the Universe, oh. I'm looking up who played gonna, Skeletor. I was going to say, who cares? It's Princess Warrior. No one's heard of that. So, uh, uh, the Masters of the Universe movie is also amazing because it features Frank Langella doing way too good of a job playing Skeletor. Like, shockingly good. Hmm. Like, he just fucking chews scenery, and it's amazing. I mean, that sounds like Skeletor. <laughs> The movie's so stupid. <laughs> but yeah, new He-Man show. Yeah. Uh, presumably Thundercats will follow hot on its heels. And I say, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. 25 years and my life is still trying to get up that great big hill of hope. That was a video. Uh, yeah, that. I mean... <laughs> I mean that was that was the gif that I I used uh, to announce the news over on our Twitter. So I saw. Yeah, very well done. Thank you, friend. All right, um, a fuckload of people watched Klaus. Uh, nearly thirty million accounts. Yeah, have watched Klaus, which is the animated Christmas movie. Uh, we are going to be talking about that next week on our Christmas blowout spectacular. Uh, but lots of people watched it. That's the whole story. That That's it. I mean, uh, I, I do want to point out that, uh, incidentally, every single movie we're doing uh, was already reviewed by the Nomcast, or the Netflix original movie podcast, uh, on their Christmas episode that came out, like, three days ago. So that made me really happy that we're going to be doing the same thing as them. <laughs> Despite the fact I've had that fucking scheduled for, like, uh, six weeks now. So mad. Yeah. I'm not actually mad. I don't really give a shit. I cannot wait to watch The Night Before Christmas. I've already watched it. It is uh, as incredible as you think it is. <laughs> also, I read a review of Cats, the mo- the new movie Cats, and mm-hmm. like how fucking weird and bad it is. And I've decided that I have to see Cats. I mean, that's I fair. have to see it so that 30 years from now I can say, I was there. I survived it. <laughs> You're gonna be sitting around a fire in, in the in the fucking burned out husk of the earth and telling the story <laughs> to your grandchildren that you somehow now have. Uh I have to witness the sheer vanity of the Hollywood machine in thinking that they can make a movie of goddamn cats. Alright, look, it's first box. I I think it's only made like eight million dollars this this weekend off a budget of like a hundred and thirty, which is uh bad. We're yeah, that's very bad. Um, we're getting way off topic here, but like there is something in regards to the movie Cats that like I actually want to talk about for a minute. Okay. Um, they are like it's already out in theaters, mm-hmm. but they are. Uh, releasing a new version of it with updated special effects. Yes! Yes! So, uh, two things. One, probably somebody fucked up and they mislabeled an, an, an unfinished edit as the final cut, and that's what they released to theaters. So that's very, like, hopefully somebody got fired because it's terrible quality control. Yes. Second thing, we're now at a point in history where movies can, like, all theaters are digital now. And they just download movies instead of being sent movies by the studio. Correct. Um, so we're now at a point where movies are basically video games where they can release a broken, unfinished version of it and then patch it later. Yeah. So I, I can't wait for EA to get into the movie business. 
<laughs> that's interesting though because they can actually market it that way and people will actually pay to go see like a raw unfinished version of a movie that will be exclusive and like never seen again as stupid as that is like you like we can see that that would be a terrible marketing ploy it's going to happen and people are going to eat it up not really because like there are games where you're just like i want to see this fucking broken down disaster of a of, of a game so like i i can see that i can see that uh, as like a thing that i want to do is go see a broken down disaster of a movie and then eventually maybe see it fixed you know, not through a director's cut, but like through polishing or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Like they're not re-editing yeah. the movie; they're just fixing some graphics. That's really all it comes down to. Like, there's no frame rate issues. Uh, the AI doesn't like wander off the screen and like jumps off a cliff or something like that. No, it's it, there's no game breaking bugs. It's just they're upping the the graphic quality. All right. Well, like I don't know that. Like, you know about this, like, recently I got obsessed with a game called Subnautica, mm -hmm. which is like a, uh, like a deep sea diving survival crafting type the game. But like, resort. that game is hilariously and gloriously broken, but like, it's, it's so beautiful visually and in concept that like, it's, it's great, but like, on a technical level, it's horribly broken and they're never going to be able to fix it. Right. <laughs> but uh yeah i don't know uh, it's it's just weird it's a weird thing it, the paradigm of like what movies are has just changed so much like that's why like we've discussed this before but like if i ever owned a movie theater i would exclusively show like older movies in 35 millimeter yeah and you get like three customers per showing because no one cares about that anymore uh, but we would have weekly um, Rocky Horror Picture Show with fan participation. Like, I don't know. That, I think that still draws a crowd. Oh, like, definitely. People still fucking go to see Rocky Horror. There are certain things that definitely draw a crowd still. Yeah. I've never gone to see Rocky Horror and not had, like, one of the best fucking movie experiences of my life. Okay. Well, th there's there's movies that we're talking about now for some reason. <laughs> Uh, this, this was a bit weird. So Pendleton Ward, uh, everyone knows him as the creator of Adventure Time, uh, is creating a new also, series. Yes. Also, he, uh, co-authored the official D&D &D module Tomb of Annihilation, uh, which I played through with a group of nerds from my hometown and it was a lot of fun. Hmm. Uh, it's about zombies in a jungle. Well, there you go. So, he's making a series for Netflix called The Midnight Gospel. And is set in a fantastical universe using interview clips from Duncan Trestle's podcast, Duncan Trestle Family Hour. This is a fucking wild concept. Yeah, because I mean, like we've seen like him create like these crazy looking characters and it looks like it's <laughs> going to be a very similar looking thing. It's just like these crazy looking characters are going to have like a normal conversation with each other about things that happen on Earth. Yeah. My favorite moments of Adventure Zone, or Adventure Zone, that's a podcast, Adventure Time, was, uh, like, whenever the art would suddenly change from being, like, very cute and simple to be, like, very detailed and, like, terrifying. Yeah. That was always fun. 
But uh, I can't wait to watch every episode of the Midnight Gospel and try to spot the snail. Did you ever watch Adventure Time? Every episode had a, a snail hidden in the episode somewhere. It's like a it's like a Where's Waldo thing. Yeah, I've watched a few episodes. I need to finish it. I didn't watch the last season. Is it still on Hulu? Uh, maybe. Ashley's the one to ask about that because she loves that show. I love that show too. Spoiler alert, it was on our top ten uh, TV shows of the decade. Yeah, it uh, probably belongs there. I don't know, it was such a huge, like, cultural thing, too. Yeah. People love it. People love the childhood nostalgia. Uh, this is something that I saw that really excited me, is that uh, there's a new action revenge film called Sweet Girl coming to Netflix, uh, starring Jason Momoa, and they just announced that uh, Marissa Tomei has joined the cast for that. Yeah. Uh, presumably as, uh, Jason Momoa's love interest, because, uh, Jason Momoa likes the older women. He's married to an older woman. I think. I'm pretty sure of that. Yeah, um, I don't know. Sounds like a cool concept. Actually, I don't know anything about Sweet Girl. Uh, this is the first I've heard of it. See, I know they're filming something in Pittsburgh right now. Uh, I think it's a Jason Momoa movie. And so I thought this was it, but uh, I, I was wrong. <laughs> Hi, Vanessa. <laughs> All right, well, why don't we get over to downstream? Baby, I can't control the internet. That's my favorite line! All right, uh, our first trailer is for you, season two. Uh, I don't care about this show. Caleb, tell me all about it. Everyone's favorite sociopath is back in action. Um, the show was real fucking crazy. Remember when, like, the Zac Efron fucking movie came out with him as Jeffrey Dahmer and everybody was like, oh, he's so hot. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I feel like this had a similar effect. Like, the guy's not supposed to be <laughs> likable. Like, he's fucking horrible. Right. But I he's, feel like a, a lot stalker, of people were just like... Potential murderer yeah. person. Well, he's a literal murderer. Oh. Like, it shows him murdering people, so. But yeah, I don't know. It's a fine show. I understand why they made a second season. Looks like, uh, I don't know, it's similar to Dexter, except, like, he's not as relatable. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's a giant fucking creep piece of shit. I remember Netflix fucking bought this from Lifetime. Like Lifetime, I think canceled it, and then Netflix was like, "Uh, yeah, we'll we'll take it." And then uh, it it got viewed by like I want to say like twenty times more people. Like I think it was viewed by forty million people in its first four weeks on Netflix. So Netflix yeah, was, was like, huge. "Oh, fucking course, we'll take that." Thank you, thank you, Lifetime, you idiots. <laughs> uh, it's a show. If you are interested in this news story, you probably already know about it. All right, uh, which brings us to another fucking weirdly, like, quirky and specific uh, Netflix special. Uh, John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch. Yeah, uh, what a a thing. John John Mulaney is making a, a kid's 
comedy special. Like it's it, it's kind of set up like it looks a little like Sesame Streetish. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping that the tone is similar to if you remember Wonder Shows and did you ever see that? No. I think I think it was on MTV or something, but like at the beginning, like it's basically a parody of Sesame Street, but it's like uh, about adult themes like uh, drug addiction and sex. So like there's like the I think there's one where like the show is supposed to be brought to you by the letter N or whatever, but like the letter N disappears and like uh, because she's addicted to like heroin and she's like out wandering the streets and stuff so like they're trying to find the letter n it's a fucking weird show but like uh i don't know like the the best gag that they had on it was like it it began with like a disclaimer like this show's not for children like do not let children watch this under any circumstances mm-hmm. and then it does a hard cut to the theme song which is kid show kid show <laughs> it's just i don't know it was a thing it's fucking dumb. Well, um, I mean, that's that sounds like what would happen. Yeah, it's uh, so I'm hoping for that kind of tone because that I don't know is kind of clever, I guess. What do you want from me? Uh, I, I don't know. I'm incapable of enjoy- enjoying anything, so well, that is factual. All right, uh, our final trailer is for the first Netflix original movie sequel uh, to All the Boys Two. P.S. I Still Love You. Now, this is a sequel to To All the Boys I've Loved Before that came out two years ago, or was it 20, either 2018 or 2017? Uh, the movie was good. Like, it was, it was sweet. It was nice. It was enjoyable. Uh, so, a lot of people watched it, and they made a, a movie, a, a sequel to the movie. They sure did make a sequel to that movie. Yeah. Uh, I think it, comes out on is this really the first sequel they've done yeah everything like that they've actually like produced like they've licensed like other stuff from countries where like it's labeled netflix original but then like it's not like crouching tiger hidden dragon to sword of destiny yeah so yeah uh you you should you should watch the original with vanessa and then you can watch this I can watch it by myself in lieu of some show about people getting killed that she wants to watch. Which one is this one? <laughs> I don't know yet. <laughs> Just, you know, as a, a future thing. Yeah, a general thing that's going to happen. All right. Uh, and with that, that is all the trailers we have. Uh, I'm, I guess I'm a little excited for two all the boys I love before. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, I'm just going to call it It looks good. Yeah. Uh, so with that, we're going to hop over into Quick Hits and talk about some other stuff we watched this week. Uh, I'll start real quick. I watched uh, all of our Christmas episode stuff, so I'm way ahead of schedule on that. It's, so uh, I'm not going to talk about it here. You're just going to wait till next week. Caleb, what did you watch? I watched something called Don't Fuck With Cats, Tracking an Internet Killer. It's a murder show. Oh, okay. This is about somebody who uh, posted picture, like, a video of themselves putting 
kittens in a vacuum seal bag and then sucking the air out with a vacuum cleaner and then playing with the dead kittens. What the fuck? And like a Facebook group popped up to try to track this person down because they're like, this person has to pay for what they did and like they're probably going to move up to killing humans and stuff. They actually found the guy, like found his name, where he was and everything just by like, you know, being nerds and tracking him down through the internet Hmm. and stuff and like looking at objects in his room in the video to like narrow down his geographical location. So they went to the police with this information. The police were like, "Uh, we're not going to follow up on this at all. And then the guy eventually posted a video of himself uh, murdering a human with an ice pick and he like dismembered the body and sent body parts to like different government buildings and shit all across the country and then uh, fled to Europe. So it's about uh, like the manhunt to bring him to justice. It's three episodes and it's basically about the police not wanting to do their job. Sounds like the police are right. Because somebody else already did it for them. It's uh, frustrating, it's disgusting, and uh, it's actually pretty captivating. So I'm not a fan of this genre. It's just something we threw on in an afternoon. And Vanessa was even like, hey, do you want to go back to, uh, you know, watching the next episode of The Witcher? And I was like, no, hold on. We're we're in the middle of this. <laughs> like, I, I want to see how this plays out. So. Um, that's something, I guess. It was fine. Eh, it captured your entertainment for X amount of time. Yeah, I I generally hate watching things like this because, like, like I already hate all of humanity. So, like, I don't want to be reminded of that. Yeah. All right. Uh, cool. So with that, let's uh cut over into a podcast promo break, and when we come back from that one. We're going to talk about our main review topic for the week, or at least one of the two. The Witcher, Season 1. Welcome to the Movie Cellar, where we have a VHS collection, an internet connection, and uninformed opinions. My name is Dan. Extremely uninformed opinions, Dan. Get it right. I'm George. And I'm producer Chris. And this is our promo. We've tried like 52,000 times. (laughs) So we're going to get it this time. All right? So... Um, we're a podcast. Yes, that's true, George. And we watch VHS tapes in alphabetical order. Yes, but we only watch one a night, and we don't watch it on the show. You get a brief intermission while we watch the movie, and then we come back and we talk about it, like just whatever is on our mind about it. But we, I just had to stop myself from swearing again. Good job not swearing. Right? This it's is hard. our clean promo. <clears throat> this is a right. lot of preamble. The show is not clean. There's a lot of preamble to our discussions. Oh, we're almost movies. out of time. Hurry well, up, hurry we're up. Good. So, if you want to listen to dumb people talk about movies, check us out. Yeah, that. Bye! Caleb, it's time to get your uh, humming medallion and uh, listen to The Howling Wind as we're about to review The Witcher, the latest Netflix original series. Alright. The Witcher is the new Netflix original. It is created by Lauren Schmidt, uh, based on the the, um, novel series by... uh, This is going to be... This is going to be bad. Um, Andre Sten... Ah, shit. Uh, a Polish man. Which are giant cult classics. And it stars Henry Cavill, Freya Allen, 
uh, and Anya Shalatra so far seems to be very well received. This is sitting at an 8.9 out of 10 on IMDb, uh, putting it a solid 3.6 points above Tall Girl. (laughs) This also runs uh, two and two-thirds Irishman, so... Uh, so what do you think about The Witcher? Uh, well, I know how you think feel about it. I haven't uh, given my thoughts yet uh, to you about it, but uh, it's it's fine. It has uh, some problems to me that are uh, made it very hard to get into and really didn't resolve those problems until later in the season. Uh, that said, Henry Cavill is perfect casting for Geralt, and I never thought I'd say that. Yeah, um, like, he really does carry the whole thing. Like, he's incredible. He's so, like, he he does it properly. He's very emotionless. And, like, I know some people are like, oh, it's very hard. It's very easy to be emotionless. You just have to be a bad actor. And it's like, no, you have to be convincingly emotionless. And he is. He's emotionless, but, like, underneath, like, he deeply cares about people. Yeah. And, like... I can't imagine another actor portraying that this well. I mean, we had that whole controversy, quote unquote, like fake outrage, basically, with uh, people being like, why not cast an older guy, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, (laughs) fuck all those older guys, because Henry Cavill nailed it. Also, like, Geralt might be old, but he's still very physically fit. Like, I'd rather have somebody who can make their body look good than like a fucking old actor's head digitally transposed onto like a young actor's body or whatever. But what if they get get the the old guy to just sword play and he just has like the old man T-Rex arms as he fights? I'd be it'd be stupid. Yeah. Who would ever do that? I, I couldn't imagine. <laughs> Yeah, I I liked this a lot. Um it definitely has a couple couple issues which um I think it kind of carries over from the source material because they have to do a lot in a little time to build this world. Mm-hmm. Basically like my main complaint about it would be that uh because this season is based off of a book and two short story collections like, I wish it was more of just, like, a straight narrative. Like, effectively, the first season's kind of an anthology yeah. of uh, semi-related stories that it refers back to, like, to do world a lot of world building and character building. But Geralt's kind of day-to-day work of just hunting down monsters kind of grounds you in this while all these political things are happening around him. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, that's and that's my big complaint is that like it, the the narrative just feels like a jumbled mess. Yeah, cuz it it cuts back and forth uh in time periods like it it goes through in order of when you need to know information about different characters mm-hmm. rather than just like giving you like an immense amount of exposition dump to up front and then giving you the story at the end. So there there's good and bad to that and like they they handle it fairly well, but 
I don't know. There, there is a couple moments where you're going to be like, well, wait, now where are they going? Yeah, that that happens a lot. And I mean, they did like there are clues to the fact that you're you're in different timelines. Uh, there's a specific point where uh, the guy who is the the court mage in Sintra, uh, who I can't not call Mouse Rat. They gave him the worst <laughs> fucking name in mouse sack but he says like oh like 30 years ago uh some guy was wandering around and fucking locking girls in towers and then uh Geralt's this is this is all in the first episode when this happens so there's no spoilers here yet uh but Geralt Geralt's side story or Geralt's story in that is uh him having to decide between uh killing a mage and then killing the person the mage is trying to kill uh who was at one point locked in a tower so yeah. like Geralt's story is 30 years prior to uh the the series story which when you reflect on it it makes sense but in in like show context i'm just thinking like everything's happening at the same time and it's just not i don't know there's there's things they could do to like clarify it but i i hate when they show like oh, this is the current year, or, like, this is the place we are now with just, like, a big title card on the screen. Mm. I hate that. Yeah, that's So, fair. I don't know. I don't I don't know how they sidestep that. I am cautiously optimistic that this is the only season that's going to have this problem because, like, the further seasons are just going to be based off of each book, you know? Right. And then those are told in in a straight line narrative format, I'm assuming. Yeah. There's a really clever blend of practical effects where they can get them and then CGI where they need to use it. But like the the things that Geralt fights have weight behind them. Like it's not just, you know, like a CGI mess of like dudes pirouetting through the air with swords and bullshit. Fuck you, Star Wars. (laughs) I don't know. It was refreshing. I think, I don't know. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if like I spotted a matte painting background somewhere in the show. You know what I mean? Right. I I think a lot of their establishing shots are very much like CG, like, uh, especially the, like the, there's the, the mage temple, I guess, for lack of a better term that has like this pulsating Mm -hmm. light. Like that has to be CG. Uh, yeah. they show Sintra multiple times that has to be, that's obviously CG as well. I mean, but when there, there's a, a monster in episode three, which, uh, entertainment weekly conveniently missed, uh, which was entirely <laughs> practical. Yeah. So that, like, that was great. There was only one effect that kind of disappointed me and like, I'll just go ahead and say it. Like there's a dragon in the show and it like, it's very clearly a CGI dragon. Oh yeah. The, that, that dragon but, uh, was uh, awful looking. Yeah. But that was the only thing that was kind of disappointing to me. It like, and it even like, it wasn't even that bad, but like <laughs> it didn't do, it didn't do anything. It just stood there. It just hung out. It talked to them for a little bit, but I don't know. It looked better than the dragons initially did in Game of Thrones. Sure. Like, towards the end of that show, they got pretty good at doing the dragon effects, but, like, the first couple seasons, like, the dragons looked like dog shit, so. I think it's also the fact that Netflix gave this more money to do whatever it wanted to do. Like, Game of Thrones, I feel like... 
You know, they, the, they lowballed it at first. Yeah, the first season of Game of Thrones is very rough, well, and that's why like those guys, the, the the two creators are like, yeah, we basically had to make it without magic because like that was the only way we're going to make this show like at all yeah. under budget. Well, conveniently, magic doesn't really become a thing in Game of Thrones until like the third book. Yeah, so like they had plenty of time. So every, everyone everyone freaked out about that out of context. It was like uh they just didn't have any budget to really do like magic. So just se- settle your shit. Yeah. Regardless. Yeah, so like Netflix put more money behind this so they could get more effects like that, like the monster at the beginning uh and the the horde of monsters at the end. There's an amazing one-shot fight sequence where Geralt kills like a dozen people. Yeah. That's that's like one of the highlights of the show for me. Like this is weird to say, but like um it's like realistic fantasy, if that makes any sense. Like I really like seeing things like this. There's not a lot of like fancy like impractical sword moves. Like they're they're brutal and quick and like Geralt just dispatches people as quickly and efficiently as possible. Yeah. The comparison I'll make is that he, the way Henry Cavill probably trained for this is similarly to how Keanu Reeves probably trains for uh, John Wick, the John Wick movies. So uh, mm-hmm. Henry Cavill is the is the Keanu Reeves of swords, which like is great. That's great for making the show good. Like Cavill just blew my mind in this role in general. Like he he disappears into the role of Geralt. Yeah. Like it, it's amazing, but uh, like he takes to swordplay like he was born holding one. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's it's incredible. I I think the only thing I don't like about his character, and it's not actually like a, a character thing, it's that his his contacts are a little too bright. Like uh, I I know they're supposed to be cat yeah, eyes because he has because uh, he has crazy witcher eyes. Yeah, but like it's they're a little too bright. Like Yen's purple eyes or violet eyes or whatever they're called. Uh those look fine. Like for the most part they look fine. There's a couple of spots where they're like a little too bright, but his orange eyes are just like piercing and it looks weird. Yeah, at times. Again, like I don't I don't know how you avoid that, but yeah. And like I said, it's not him. It's it's the the CG on his eyes most likely. I like I don't think they're contacts. But like I said, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic that like what problems they do have they can correct. Uh since we already know this is getting a second season. Um like they had some issues with the first season of Dragon Prince mm-hmm. and like they really worked on it and fixed all of that, so I'm confident they can do the same here. Yeah. So I compare this to Altered Carbon, where like the first season was like I don't say a disappointment, but like a good foundation that's like not not a slog to get through, but like like whatever to get through, and like hopefully like the second season will be improved. Now, of course, uh, second season of Altered Carbon still isn't, it still hasn't come out yet. Uh, probably we'll see The Witcher season two before we see Altered Carbon season two at this rate. Probably because I know they're filming Witcher season two in February, and I think they filmed in April of this year, something like that. Uh, and it came out in six months. So like, and, and that shows, cause like, like, like we said, like there's not a lot of CG like monsters. Like, I think there's like three or four and like, there's like CG, like landscapes and buildings and that kind of stuff, but, or, and like cities, 
But that's about it. And those are pretty much static. And you can, like, they use that fucking establishing sh- shot of Sintra. Like, uh, fu- like, somebody got paid a shit ton of money for that. And they were just like, we need to spend every single cent and, like, every single chance we can get to put that on screen. We're putting fucking Sintra on screen. They really like doing that. And uh, what's the, like, what's the mage's tower place called? A something. Oh, um... Yeah, no, they they like that place too a lot. They, they just like the shot of the the pulsating like white light. Like I said, like Geralt has to ground you in the show because like they name off so many different nouns so quickly that like you're not going to keep it straight. But like the important things you will understand. You know what I mean? So like the world building's there, but like that kind of takes a backseat to what Geralt's doing. Yeah, in the I, meantime, so I think another thing is like we have like with Game of Thrones, like I remember the intro, like they show like the map of the world basically because uh-huh. you're unfamiliar with it, so they have to like basically show you like oh here's Winterfell and here's uh, King's Landing, and there's there's nothing like that for for this world. Yeah, you're just like oh yeah, and there and there never has been like the continent like that this takes place on like doesn't have a name and has never had a name Hmm. so like uh i don't know a lot of it is just kind of like hand wavy theater of the mind stuff like there's fixed points but it doesn't really tell you like oh to get from here to here takes you know this many days ride in like this direction or whatever yeah Uh, there's only other like one other thing non-spoiler that i wanted to hit on real quick like sure i read earlier today that um, I guess Henry Cavill said that to get ready for the bathtub scene where he was going to be shirtless and like showing off his like ripply, muscly body, um, like he dehydrated himself for three days to get that look mm-hmm. and was like, men, please don't judge your own body against this because this isn't realistic and I couldn't maintain this and stay alive right, like- through the entire period of shooting. Like this was an extreme thing that he did. To achieve is what is it in is in essence a special effect. So yeah, and, and I mean, Hugh Jackman did it also for Wolverine. Like Hugh Jackman is yeah. notorious for dehydrating his body for shirtless scenes in Wolverine movies. Yeah, Sylvester Stallone almost died during the shooting of Rocky Three because the diet that he was on is not sustainable by an adult human. I don't know. I thought it was interesting that they said that. Like it's, it seems like. You know, people who produce shows and stuff like that, they're trying to just be more responsible Mm -hmm. in general with, like, what they say through their craft. So um, that's interesting, I guess. Yeah. Uh, We haven't talked about any of the other cast, really, but, like, I think they were all, like, good. Like, I I don't think anyone was particularly bad. I I think the only thing Mm -hmm. that I don't like about the cast is, like... uh, Later in the season, they just start spouting off some names, and you're just like, "Wait, who who are these people?" Oh, we're, oh, you're just trying to force us to care about these people, despite the fact we've never met them before. Okay, that's fine. Sure. Um, I don't know. Everybody, uh, like, obviously Henry Cavill steals the show, but like, there's other people who steal scenes, like Joey Beatty as Yaskier the Bard. Like, anytime <laughs> he showed up, fucking killed me, and like. That's the other thing I didn't really expect about this show is that it's very funny. 
it, like the comedic timing of it and just like the dryness of it makes mm. it hilarious in parts because uh like Henry Cavill doesn't like drop zingers or anything but like something will happen and then he'll just mutter fuck and like just the timing and punchiness of it just makes it funny like every time it happens but with Yaskier they can play around with it cuz like uh he basically exhibits like future knowledge like he uh, like he breaks the fourth wall a couple times yeah like he literally tells the audience at one point that like he's giving exposition and it's hilarious and like he refers to like modern day shit that like doesn't obviously doesn't exist within the context of the show so yeah oh, it's funny it was a pleasant surprise i expected this to be very dark and gritty with not a lot of uh comedic relief but uh it's a surprise but not an unwelcome one sure i want to give some credit to uh Anya Chal- Chalrota Chaltra sure uh i'm sorry i butchered your name if you ever listen to the show Chalatra? Uh, shallot there we go she's a shallot jean shallot <laughs> uh no i i like she they have her in prosthetics for the the first two episodes like yeah they uh kind of like give her a hunchback and like a i don't know what's actually like what what they did with her mouth but like so uh, Shaken Not Nerd posted a meme of like her character having like a fucking lollipop in her mouth, uh, for, like in that kind of direction. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, that's 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 pretty much what it looks like. But like, I think she gives a pretty good physical performance there, and like she's still like a great actress too. Like she's doing like some really good stuff, like, like character work stuff that uh, feels truly believable. Yeah, um, I'm really glad that they did all the backstory stuff for her character and none for Geralt. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like, I don't want to know Geralt's backstory. It's like Mad Max, you know, like Mad Max is just a, a person in the world who like you tell the story of this world through, like, I don't want to know more about Max in those movies. Yeah. I, I, I think the only thing I wanted to know was how did he get the title butcher of Blaviken? And that was about it. Uh, and then they showed that. And then they showed it in the first episode. And now I never have to ask that question again. <laughs> and it was incredible. Uh, he shoved his sword through a guy's mouth and then swiped it upward and ripped his skull in half. This fight scene, the fight scenes are just so, like, human-on-human fight scenes are just so brutal. It's yeah. uh, it's incredible. The iron sword is for monsters, too, Dan. Die. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so let's talk about some spoilers, uh, really just like how we feel like the story is going uh, so far. So uh, I don't know. I think we have, we've actually done a fairly good job being general, so I'm proud of us. Good job, Caleb. Yeah. Uh, so spoiler warning, and then on the other side, we're talking plot details. Thank Let you. me just play the ending for you. No, no, I don't want to see how it ends. Okay, I could describe it. Um, Imagine you're in a room. No, 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 I don't want to know how it ends. I haven't seen the beginning. Uh, Yeah, but the ending is awesome. So if I could just play the ending. This is what you always do. You always spoil stuff Uh, for me. No, I don't. And if I could just play the ending for you real quick, then we'll discuss that. Motherfucker, you always spoil everything before I get a chance to see it. Okay, you sound like a crazy person right now. I think that one of my favorite little, like, lore pieces that I've seen in anything is the Law of Surprise. Yes. Like, that is such a clever 
thing in like such an interesting plot mechanic. Uh, I loved that. So basically, like if somebody owes you a debt, like payment can be given in the form of the law of surprise, mm. which is like you promise to give them that which you have but don't know about yet. Um, and they do really interesting things with that. Yeah, uh, uh, really, namely, we, I, really, it's all about like passing around women, though, uh, <laughs> at, at the end of the day. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Um, if I could put it into like the basis thing, yes, that's exactly what it is. But uh, it's it's more than that. But that's uh, how the princess Siri, um, who answers all your questions on your iPhone and is portrayed by Freya Allen. Uh, basically, like, her destiny becomes bonded to Geralt, uh, because, like, she is what's owed to him through the Law of Surprise. Mm -hmm. And, like, later on in the the books and stuff, like, uh, Geralt takes her on as an apprentice, and she's basically a witcher in training. So, um, that's where the story's gonna be going from here on, because, like... This whole season is a bunch of like short adventures that kind of culminate in them finally getting into the same physical space and actually meeting each other. Yeah. So. Well, uh, I think actually something else that was interesting, uh, being that I've only played The Witcher Three, uh, Wild Hunt, is that I they do sort of set up the Wild Hunt a little bit. Uh, they, it's like an offhand mention, like we're not going to actually see anything with the Wild Hunt yet, but uh, the. When Geralt and Yennefer first meet, they uh, are basically brought together by uh, the last wish of a, a yep. jinn, which I, I assume is like the 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 story of like the whole yep. uh, uh, last wish. That's where that book gets its name. Yeah. Um, there's a quest in Witcher 3 where you ascend a mountaintop with Yennefer, uh, and that's where you break the, the wish of the jinn. So that way, mm -hmm. like... What Geralt says basically is like, I want to be with her or something like that. I can't remember off the top of my head what what exactly uh, Specifically, I think it was that, like, I don't want to lose her. So, like, it kept Yennefer from dying, but, like, Yennefer was like, oh, so, like, our relationship is just magic. It's not real. Right. So she goes, like, they, they do this quest together uh, to break the, the wish and then kind of decide from there, like, is it? Is it actually the djinn, or is it like, or is there actually something there? So that was interesting yeah. to see that the beginning of that, and whether or not we'll get that again uh, in in the show later, maybe. I've been really stubborn about not playing Wild Hunt until I play through the other two games, and I think I'm just gonna say fuck it and get Wild Hunt, like probably very soon. I would, uh, I, I know you have the Switch. Uh, I would definitely not do that. I would definitely play it on PS4. Well, then that, that's something I can do. There you go. I'm, I'm just telling is you. It, is it that different? Uh, it just run like there's. It chugs a bit. It, it just, it just doesn't work. It, it's like, it's a, it's a port. It exists because it's like, oh, it's portable, but the port in and of itself is lackluster. Good enough. Uh, I think that Betrayer Moon, which is the, the third episode, uh, that would probably be my favorite because like that is the first story in the first book, The Last Wish. Um, 
is about him hunting the Striga for King Foltest. Mm-hmm. And that's also like the opening cutscene to the first Witcher game is that. And uh, it's amazing and awesome. And uh, I really, really, really liked it. You know, that's something we didn't talk about in non-spoilers is like how we had uh, like Foltest was actually like our timeline kind of determiner because yeah. like we see him when Yennefer is um, ascending and then, mm-hmm. you know, and he's, he's a kid. He's a kid. And then we have Foltest uh, in his Striga story where he's like an older man and then he's about the same age in the final episode which finally means like okay so the striga story actually is like sort of close to where uh like actual time as opposed to uh you know years and years ago I'm glad they did that cuz like otherwise there'd be no fucking context because like Yennefer and Geralt are both like ageless immortals right and that and that's the whole point is like they they don't age so you have no real context for like the only way you can determine where Yennefer is in her life is is she hunched or is she not Yeah And I mean also you can use mouse mouse rat and uh see if his beard is gray or not <laughs> And that's what like because um this is major spoilers so if you haven't watched this and you intend to at all like uh, skip ahead to where we actually do our ratings. We'll put a stamp in the show notes. Sure. But, um, Malsek at one point is killed and replaced by a doppelganger. And then like two episodes later where he shows up just talking to people. I was like, no, wait a second. Yeah. Um, but then I was like, oh, okay. They did another another time hop to tell us like the background of this thing that is going to happen next. So. Yeah. Yeah, and I and you know I never thought that uh, Geralt was actually going to wind up being in fucking Sintra as the the Nilfgaardians attacked. Like that was a surprise, but it was also yeah. like, why is this like? Why are we re- recounting this again? Like this this feels like the fourth time we've gone over this exact situation. Yeah, it does. Um, what was the what was the other thing that they kind of did that where it it goes back and tells you that story again from the other perspective. Hmm. It was something we just watched not too long ago. Oh, uh, living with yourself. Mm, Right. Like they'll, they'll do an episode and then they'll kind of do the same episode from the other character's perspective. And that's like kind of what they do with that. Yeah. Where they show more of like what Geralt was doing at that time. Meditating. Just a, a, a lot of meditating. Um, I don't know. It was interesting. Like, like we've said, like a bit clumsy, maybe. But yeah. I don't know how they could have done any better. I, I don't know the source material at all. So, uh, for all I know, this is the best that they could do. Or uh, for all I know, that this this is the worst that they could do. <laughs> I guess. Anything else you want to say about the show? I don't know. I'm actually looking at the IMDb rankings by episode right now. And interestingly, like they're, they're all rated over eight stars out of 10, Mm -hmm. but they consistently get lower every episode, Hmm. uh, which is kind of how I felt about it. Like it did start to wear on me that they were doing this out of 
sequence story and like um I do really want them to get away from that and stop doing that. Yeah, uh, I mean like you said, we'll see. We'll see if it happens. Uh, I hope it does because I don't want to hate the show. I want the show to be uh great and you know, maybe never have to revisit the first season. Maybe I will because like there there is stuff that's layered in there that kind of explains like what's wh- where the timeline is, but I am going to watch this again because like my initial reaction to it was so strong. Like this is going to be on my end of the year list. Sure. Um, I want to watch it again to try to figure out how high it's going to be on that list. Because like after I watched two episodes, I was like, this probably is my show of the year. Mm -hmm. Now I'm not sure it might just be very high on that list, but yeah, you were very high. Like after the first, I think you said you watched the first three episodes, and you were very high on it. And then, uh... yeah, that's that's one like I couldn't help but kind of go into our group chat and gush about it for a bit. Right. But... All right. Well, let's uh, rate this sucker. What would you give The Witcher? Four and a half. I think it's an amazing accomplishment. Uh, it's it's a shame that there are the few little blemishes that it has because like. I really wish they could have sidestepped all of that somehow because like the show suffers for it. Whereas like I can see how much they put into it and how well done it was. So I don't know. I, I guess I'm, I'm probably a little too forgiving on it, but um, especially since like for the last 30 minutes, it's probably sounded like I was complaining pretty badly about it, but um yeah i think i think a four and a half is pretty pretty decent i don't know that's that's kind of right in line with most of the ratings i've seen anyway so a lot of people are putting this around like 85 90 percent all right well i'm gonna be that guy this is a this is a three uh i i i just think the 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 timelines are just so distracting that it it became hard to follow the narrative and then like my enjoyment for the show like you said went down as, as the uh as it continued so yeah yeah it it really does i think that you know my early realization that like uh, i just kind of have to ignore what's happening around Geralt for a little bit and just like let his story ground me in that and then like the rest of it I'll figure out later. I like I think having that kind of mental strategy to watching it mm-hmm. improved my experience. Hmm. So well okay. Uh with that everybody, we're going to cut into a quick commercial break for our own podcast and when we come back from that, it's time for the double feature, Caleb. We're talking two popes in a van and then the, the apocalypse hits. And that's when everything gets knocked into 12th gear. Uh, I don't care anymore. Uh, Goodbye. The Netflix and Swole podcast is brought to you by our patrons. Gerald from Two Peas on the podcast. Nick and Justin from the Epic Film Guys podcast. Paul from the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews podcast. The IMDB Journey podcast. Julio from the Contrarians podcast. Ashley Gorski from the Rabbit Ears TV podcast. Nate Wade from the Everyone Has a Story podcast, Bill Sutton, James Delarosa, Ben Kiefer, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, and Dan's mom. 
If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at patreon.com slash Netflix and swill. In order to reach a wider audience, the show needs Apple podcast reviews. To leave us a review, follow the link in the show notes or search for the show on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening and helping us grow. Our audience is at the heart of everything we do. You make the one-star movies worth it. Welcome back, Dan. It's time to get into our third segment, which is our review of the new Netflix original film, The Two Popes. This is directed by Fernando Mireles. Yes. Probably not saying that right. Um, written by Anthony McCartan, starring Anthony Hopkins and Jonathan Price. Mm, that's really all that matters. Yeah, so I will put this over to you first. What did you think about The Two Popes? It's possible that I have a lot to say. Uh, I don't know, though, uh, other than to say, like, this is a great acting piece. Hopkins and Price kill this. Like, I mean, uh, if Jonathan Price isn't in consideration for best leading actor at the Academy Awards, I'd be shocked. But um, it has one major flaw to me, uh, and I'll talk about that after I hear what you have to say. But uh, that's that's that one flaw is what's holding it back from being like truly great to me. It's it's going to be one of those episodes. Uh, I adored this movie um actually liked this more than the witcher the witcher i think that uh this is kind of a masterpiece hmm. i i loved it it was it's not at all what i was expecting it's a story of an unlikely friendship whereas like initially i thought it was going to be more kind of bogged down in the the dogma and like the the context of it but it's more about just the personal connection between um Jonathan Price portraying Pope Francis and um Anthony Hopkins portraying Pope Benedict mm -hmm. so i loved this movie this this may be my best of the year actually this episode is crazy like I, i've been unusually chipper because i actually liked both things that we watched a lot it's uh, a rarity that this ever happens in general just like uh, the things be the things that we watch being at least like passable to good i i guess i'll just say what my my big issue i i don't like the, this is basically filmed like a documentary uh there's a lot of snap zooms there's a lot of over the shoulder looks that i just I didn't care for it, and it and it made the the movie feel very uh weird to me. Hmm. So I didn't really notice that. I thought that the camera work in a lot of ways kind of put you right in there so like you were almost like, you know, sitting next to them and stuff. I don't know. Like I don't know if that was their intended effect or if they were trying to do it in more of like a documentary style, but mm. I don't know. The uh the photography didn't really seem that bad for me, so. Yeah, that's fair. Uh photography in general, that's like something I only generally notice when it's like really amazing or when it's Horrendous. like middling to very poor. Yeah. <laughs> like there there were a lot of cuts where it's like solo like close-ups 
where it reminded me of that argument scene in Marriage Story where like they're arguing and like really the the way it's framed is that you can only they're only really seeing their point of view as opposed to the other side and then there's other times where it's like um you know wide shots where where both of them are in it and it makes it makes you understand how small they are really to this whole uh church especially when they're in the Sistine Chapel them, it, themselves and and actually the amazing thing about this movie is that they couldn't get on on location for some of these so they had to build a Sistine Chapel of their own in order for them to to film a, a lot of the scenes that they needed for the movie. Yeah, which is amazing. The set design is fucking incredible for for this. Uh, I don't know if that's that's a technical award that ever gets uh, uh, anything, but the fact that everything is practical, like, I mean, really, this is just a movie about two guys talking and, like, seeing where they're coming from and how they want to take the the church in what direction. Like... I didn't think it'd be that interesting, but yet here, here, here it is. There it is. Yeah, I know. I know next to nothing about the Catholic religion in general. Sure, um, my wife's Catholic, but like, I don't think that she's been to mass like since I met her. Um, hey, me too. I was I was Catholic and haven't been to mass since you met me. So, well, that's not true. I, I would go on. <laughs> I would go for holidays because my aunt. Uh, was not well, so I I would just take whatever time I could to spend time with her. But that was about it. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. This so this was as much an educational experience for me as anything. But like, I didn't expect to be so captivated by it. Yeah. But like I said, just the performances pull you into it so much that like it really could be about anything. Yeah, it really could. I mean, um. Fuck, I think I think each of them speaks like four languages during the movie, like English, Latin, uh Spanish, German, Italian. Italian. Like that's impressive in and of itself, like uh, it, maybe it was like an, uh, an Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom thing where the the Indian witch doctor was basically given like things to say phonetically that sounded like English. Maybe I don't know. Uh, I don't think so. I think they actually put in the time, but that that in in and of itself was impressive. Uh, standing them standing up for their convictions and like kind of the pain you see behind Jonathan Price in his face, like as he thinks back through this lifetime that he never really lived, but you know he's he's reminiscing on like a simpler time where he he wasn't a pope or a, a potential pope or a cardinal. It was yeah. uh, he had love and he he wanted to do that, but then it just didn't work out. Yeah, he got his he got his calling, so. Yeah. Uh which I mean that in itself really speaks to his convictions, but Yeah, I don't know. I guess we didn't really talk about the the actual context of this. Like this is something that happened, you know, 5 or 6 years ago when uh Pope Benedict, who like everybody thought looked like Emperor Palpatine, uh decided to resign the popery. <laughs> It's actually uh, the papacy, but the, I wanted to throw that in there because when I was talking to Vanessa about this movie, she said "popery," and I thought that was hilarious. So there, I've I've just killed my wife's joke. <laughs> but no, it's uh, kind of about what's his name, Cardinal Bergoglio. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, even, but like that's because like they take on uh, 
you know, a pope name whenever they are elected pope. But like, right. Um, the person who would become Pope Francis, like, wants to resign as a cardinal and just be like a, a parish priest for reasons that they talk about. But like, um, <laughs> Pope Benedict wants to resign the papacy itself. So like, they are at an impasse over that because like, uh, Benedict won't let him resign. And yeah, it, it, they kind of find their common ground as they're debating this. So, yeah, well, they're, they're, com- they're like on two separate sides. Like Pope Francis is more, I don't want to say, the, I don't want to say accommodating is the right word, but it's the best word I can come up with at this point. But like he, he wants the church to be more inclusive. Whereas uh, Benedict is just all about like sticking to what's worked in the past. And uh, there, there's even a specific scene where they uh, go over, like they, they give each other confession and you hear about all the, the horrible things that uh, Benedict allowed to happen. And you're just like, well, there's, mm-hmm. there's no way that can, this can keep going because it, it just shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, like I've said three times now, like the, the story is not what's important. What's important is the, the character work that they do, which is, you know, the, the heart and soul of the movie. So, mm-hmm. um, that's, that's really all I have to say is just, um, I was blown away by their performance. I think that people should watch this movie, yes. so I don't want to give too many specific details out, but yeah, I don't know. It was, it was amazing. I, I loved every minute of this. So much so that I I only paused it once to uh, go get some cereal and whatever, (laughs) which uh, it's impressive for me to sit through a two hour movie and not stop it every like 20 minutes. Right. Uh, I will say when you do watch this, though, uh, make sure you watch through the credits. There's a there's a fun mid credit scene sort of like it's intermittent with through with the credits but yeah. it's very fun like it's a it's a very lighthearted thing and yeah uh, it's great there's actually a couple moments in this where like I started to tear up a little bit like whenever uh whenever pope francis tries to teach pope benedict how to do a tango because mm. he's argentinian and like he likes to dance like that was a really sweet moment and then uh they at one point like uh an instrumental version of Blackbird by the Beatles starts playing and that was like oh fuck and I, I was like choking back just snotty like fearful man tears so which is uh, uh, which was a nice juxtaposition uh, juxtaposition of uh, ABBA the instrumental of ABBA's Dancing Queen yeah <laughs> Yeah, what hymn are you whistling? Oh, it's Dancing Queen by ABBA. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, I highly recommend this. I'm going to also give this a four and a half. God damn. Uh, I'm going to say this is a, a three and a half uh, with potential to go up to a four, uh, depending on how I feel about the camera work going forward. But uh, like I said, that's the big detraction I really have from this. I wasn't bored by it, but I, I found the camera work just so distracting at points that I three and a half sounds right right as of this point. All right. <sighs> well, 
I guess, uh, depending on which one of you, which one of us you think is right, go watch this or don't. Or, no. Kind of pay attention to it. No, I, I'm saying watch this. The fuck are you talking about? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, three and a half is, you know, where you generally recommend stuff, but I'm just saying, like, three and a half, that doesn't imply a great sense of urgency. What what does imply a, a, a great sense of urgency? Would it, would it need to be at least a four? No, it would have to have a Disney logo at the beginning of it. I mean, that's that's so true. Neither of us have seen the Star Wars, but we both read the full plot spoilers of it, and it is haunting like how have they done this it's uh it's my new favorite star wars movie uh it's i'm never gonna see it but it's my favorite star wars movie too yeah Uh, just it like it's so stupid they made a a star wars b movie i can't wait to show ashley this in uh hopefully 90 days time on disney plus after making her watch (laughs) the entire saga oh shit all right, uh, well, with uh, all, all of our reviews out of the way, it's time to leave the show, Caleb. So what are we doing next week? Next week, we're having our Christmas Spectacular. We're going to be watching Let It Snow. We're going to be watching Claws. We're going to be watching The Night Before Christmas. Now, uh, I have watched all three of these movies as of recording. How many have you watched? Uh, none, because I want to go in... F- Fresh as can be for this. Understandable. Uh, I might have to revisit The Night Before Christmas because I watched it around Thanksgiving with uh, (laughs) my in-laws. Basically my in-laws. So, yeah. All right. Uh, Well, until that point, where can the people find us, Daniel? You can find us at NetflixAndSwill.com. That's where we got links to reviews and uh, links to our uh, where you can listen to our podcast if you don't like where you're listening to it right now, or uh, our Patreon page or a merch store thing. Uh, you can all those are netflixswill.com because uh, websites are great. That's quacktastic. What the fuck is that from? <laughs> Billy Madison. I drew the duck blue because I wanted to see a blue duck. Oh my Christ! Oh, uh, real quick, couple things. I guessed it on the Contrarians podcast to uh, talk about the Netflix original movie Mute. Uh, if you know how I feel about that movie, it'll be very hilarious to hear me talk about it in the opposite fashion, uh, at least for the first yeah. part of the show. So uh, I'll have that link in the show notes. Awesome. Also, I, I guessed it on Two Peas on a Podcast, where I talked to Gerald about our top five 80s movie one-liners. Uh my list is not like the memorable crowd pleaser ones. Like I pick fucking weird ones and uh You sure did. My list is kinda of, kinda of regrettable, so uh I think it's only up on his Patreon right now. Uh, I don't think it's come out for everybody else. So uh be on the lookout for the main episode like yeah. that, that episode for free streams. Uh but when will then be now? Soon. soon. Or you can just give Gerald some money and go listen to it now because he's a good guy. That's true. I can't wait to record my my top five of 2019 with Gerald in in my house because I'm going to have a dedicated podcast studio and it's not going to be a corner of my room anymore. I can't wait to have him on so we can talk about the Taylor Swift documentary together. I'm going to kill myself. We might have to do that as a separate episode without you. 
killing myself. Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. Until next week, this is Caleb saying we'll see you next Tuesday. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.